welcome back to the Sounds of Stadia podcast, your weekly show where we round up all of the Stadia and gaming news for your listening and viewing pleasure right here on youtube.com forward slash Helix Cloud Games and up there on your cloud podcast preference of choice. This week, you're joining myself, Chris, your host for the show, alongside the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. You know what, Chris? I've just got too many games to play at the moment. It's not fair. Any more time. That is a problem, and we'll be talking about all the games in this show because we've got a great lineup of news stories this week, starting off with Cyberpunk working our way through the Ubisoft investors' call and moving on to some new game announcements, teasers, movies, movie adaptions, and much, much more. But before we dive into all that, don't forget to give the video a like, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell so you are kept in the loop with all of the content we bring you here at Helix Cloud Games, just like our first looks, our live streams, our streaming sessions with lovely people in our Discord server, and much, much more. But Richie. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm in a little isolation lockdown at the moment. I've not been allowed out of the house for about a week now. Am I Got going a bit, a bit crazy? A little bit. It feels like it. What the worst part is, um, it's we'll for the reasons... for you next week? Yes, yes. Next week will be fine. <laughs> Um, in terms of like lockouts, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry. I've not got COVID. I'm triple vax and stuff. Um, it's it's other reasons why I have to stay at home. Um, but I'm off work as well, so I don't have any work to keep me busy. And uh, obviously, I've got games to play, which are great. I've been chipping away at all sorts of games. But we we hit this problem this week where I ran out of food because I'd only planned for um, a few, so many days isolation, and we found out we had to isolate for a little bit longer which meant we ran out of food we're still waiting our hello fresh delivery and it's kind of like you know that moment where you just pop in the shops and get stuff but because you're not allowed out yeah. you're going to have to do like, like an oh. online delivery thing yeah my parents are going to which means you have anywhere, to yeah for the most I, part. i've always i've always i've always disliked the tesco as the online delivery things mm. because you buy you go oh i want these things you put in your basket you, you pay the money the guy turns up with half and say, oh you want a bit you want the baked beans um He's a carrot instead. <laughs> Fuck off with your carrot. Just Such give me what I've ordered. If they could guarantee they get, I'd get what I'd ordered, I'd use them all the time. Yes. Yeah, but because they do substitutes, I don't want a substitution. I want the thing I bought. I did like, look. I did look into ordering from from Amazon Prime because you yeah. get some kind of discount on delivery. Um, yeah. But it did give me the option on Amazon to opt out for either don't give me a substitute. So there is an option now to negate that a little bit. Yeah. But it's just weird how you take all this stuff for granted just, and that you just presume the, like I want a, a beer or a bottle of pop or whatever and you just of, don't have it. It's kind of weird. I've always found it kind of weird because like surely you should know what's in your warehouse. Like, what? I don't see why the need substitutions need even exist. Like, Maybe they make more profit off the substitution, so it's more of a, an inside baseball well, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I just think it's like people have accepted it as okay practice. Probably, probably, but okay practice. Let's not get around and, 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 and on business, that one. business decisions aside, uh, we have covered Google Stadia for 126 weeks, so talking about practices yeah. and swapping things out and stuff. We've got all the knowledge on that one, and that's what our lovely viewers and listeners out there are here for, of course, not talking about shopping in isolation, but talking about video games. So we've been playing loads of video games, and this past week, Richie, we checked out on our Thursday night live stream. We dove back into Riders Republic, as we have our Ubisoft Plus subscriptions for a little bit longer yet. And uh, yeah, we jumped back in, we did some more um, races, we, we didn't improve... Uh, that much on our flight no. times with the, the squirrel suits and stuff uh, but we played with you lovely people out there in the community yeah. uh, it was nice to jump back in uh, again Riders Republic I think we've both agreed that 
it's one of those games you just you don't commit loads of time to unless you're like hardcore extreme sports yeah. but you can drop in at any given moment and have a have a it's fun a, time it's a perfect ubisoft plus game so if you say let's say you decide to get the new assassins the, whatever the next assassin's creed is on um, ubisoft plus it's one of them games i could see myself casually dropping into while i've got the subscription active yeah, it's it's one of those. They added a few new vehicles. We had the we had the rocket suit last time. We had the kind of the paraglide motor this time round, which again, it's not yeah. really true reflection of extreme sports. I, couldn't, I but... couldn't figure out how to fly upwards with it. It's press up on the, on the uh, yeah, stick. Yeah, you pull pull back on the sticks uh, for those who aren't inverted like Richie is. Richie's an invert. I'm not inverted. If you go in, if you go in the settings, it's by default set to inverted. I changed it to non-inverted, so I'm right. So you're in the minority though, still. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm the correct way because otherwise, what I'm doing will be inverted. All right, you've confused me now with, yeah. with where we're at. But uh, speaking of inversions, let's invert this conversation back <laughs> to what we've been playing. Yeah. Uh, Richie, what have you been checking out this week? You said you've got so many games to play in your back catalogue. <sighs> yes. All no doubt massive open world games. So, what are you focusing your time on? So at the moment, I'm literally waiting, as you are, on the delivery of Horizon um, Forbidden West. So that's going to be all weekend because we're actually recording this on a Friday for a change. Yeah, we Friday are. afternoon because we both happen to be off work. Um, but I was playing Pokemon um, Shining Pearl, and then our, um, Legends Arceus end up, and I was like, "Yeah, I did the things that like, I'll just play for now, just to see what it's like." It's like, ah, this game's better. Like, so I moved on to Arceus. Yeah, it's the same. So if, if at any point you hear a knock at the door within uh, our podcast recording... And, and we both get excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get super excited, yeah, because yeah, her, I've had we've both had notifications from Amazon to tell us that the delivery is imminently due in the next few hours, of course. It could be sooner, it could be later. But yes, Horizon Forbidden West is, is my priority focus. So I might be on isolation duty, but I will have an entirely gorgeous, beautiful world of robot dinosaurs to take down and explore. Hence my comments of that saying it would have been great for you being on full isolation next week rather than this week, because then you would have had this brand spanking, shiny new game to occupy your time. True. I am off next week as well, um, so I've got plenty of time to dive into it. I'm just allowed out the house to get food and fresh air, um, which is the other thing. I mean, I am allowed out for walks, so it's just mingling with society is the thing that's frowned upon. Um, But... Less of that. Uh, one of the things I did check out on the channel this week during during my time at home, uh, I went back and checked out Submerged Hidden Depths as a first look on the channel because um, it was released, I think, on Stadia probably just coming up on a year ago now. I'm guessing the exclusivity has ended. Uh, and we didn't check it out for whatever reason. I can't actually recall, but it was a pro game. It dropped, and I don't know whether it was just bigger titles were maybe out or my interest was elsewhere at the time, but I'm sure we actually had the intention of doing a first look because I recall making the thumbnail or trying to get a PNG of the logo and I thought the logo yeah. font was really small and, and irritating to get onto a thumbnail and for whatever reason it never materialised I think um, it might have just been one of them where we were busy at the time and then the window kind of passed yeah exactly so I never checked it out but I'm glad I did I, I went back and looked at it uh, the first look is available on the channel now definitely encourage people to check it out and the reason I went back to it is because it's about to get a multi-platform release so it's coming to PC Steam Epic Store um, PS4 PS5 Xbox Series and Xbox One not Nintendo Switch which I did say in the first look I did ca- so there is a little asterisk in the description but I did say I, I in my mind I figured it was a, would be a perfect game to come to the yeah. Switch uh, based on the art style it's not the most graphically yeah, enhanced but it, it does feel like a Switch game. Mm, yeah, exactly. So it didn't. It's not. It might do in the future. But either way, that 
that all over the uh, gaming websites give me the edge to think, actually, you know what? I own this game. Why haven't I? Why haven't I checked it out? So I went back and did a festival, played it for about an hour. Um, I had a great time with it. It is a relaxploration game, as they say. Um, there's no combat. It's very much puzzle solving and exploration. It takes a lot of tropes from your classic exploration games. Um, there's a few times that it's actually the story is quite reminiscent of Wavetail, uh, but the graphics are obviously a, a different artistic choice. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend if you've got it as part of Pro. I think it's 19.99 at the moment, which is a bit cheaper than its its new launch counterparts. So if you are intrigued by Submerged in Depths, I'd definitely check it out. Sequel to 2015 Submerged, which I also didn't know until I did the f- after I did the first look. I was like, oh, it's a sequel to another game. I don't know if there's any correlation. Doesn't do his research, guys. I know, it doesn't do I know, his research. I know. I'm just here to play games. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Enjoy it. Let us know what your thoughts were in the comments down below. Um, but, Richie, we should move yeah. this show along. Um, and before we do so, let's thank our lovely members out there, of course. We have fantastic support from our viewers our listeners across all platforms youtube podcast services out there in the cloud and uh, again every week we try and say it a little bit more but special shout out to you all thank you for watching thank you for tuning in uh, myself and richie and tom do this as a hobby uh, on the side and it, it's again it's time we dedicate to talking about games showcasing them editing bringing stuff together so so you have content to consume and as someone who listens to a lot of gaming podcasts i know uh, the work and effort that goes into it so thank you to you out there and a special extra thank you to our lovely members who support us that extra bit further for as little as 99p you not only support us that bit more uh, you encourage us to make better content we help reinvest in the channel you've seen our lovely new introductions over the last few months that we brought in uh, we'd love to bring um, more to the channel as time goes on as well and we have all the intention to do so so thank you all for your additional support and not only that you get badges you get stickers you get super chats and richie to get access to side quest uh, up to six they days early so they don't have to wait you don't have to wait until fridays when it drops some free feeds so we've had amazing guests we've had amazing content we've got some terrific shows out there on side quest uh, richie what will we be focusing and talking about this coming week so we've took a break from our mini series on um exploring what the big publishers will be bringing to the market this um this year but we're going to go back into it um with ubisoft it's something we wanted to do, but then we had um, Grace Yang on as mm-hmm. a special guest. Then everyone bought everyone in the industry, <laughs> and then Stadia Pro hit 50 games. So we've had a couple of like more time-pressing pressing topics, but we're going to be exploring Ubisoft's game library for 2022. Yeah, there's a lot of news this week after the Ubisoft earnings call, so it felt like a great time to jump back in and assess Ubisoft and Stadia's relationship as we push on with the year ahead. So we're going to go away and talk about all that. If you remember, you get it up to six days early. You get it this probably Sunday, if not maybe even earlier, depending on if Richie can pull himself away from Horizon Zero Dawn to edit uh, Zero Dawn. I knew I was going to do that. Forbidden I, West to edit the show. I am actually tempted. Sometimes when we do record early, I just go, I can't. Sometimes we're recording on a Saturday night. Like, I can't be bothered to record, to, uh, to edit tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get up on the Sunday and edit, which is why sometimes you get it like midday on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I might, I'm not going to promise anything, but I might actually do, do the edit and the uh, publishing today so that's friday the 18th so then it's out of the way well by the time they hear this they'll either know you're a liar or yeah. you're true to your words well so... our members will our members will that's right there's there's your little hook line and sinker for this week um in with the members well there is something i'd like to do for members if you're interested in this members out there i'm addressing you or future to be members uh, i'm interested to a behind the scenes look of how we usually make the show because i know we do it we've done it yeah. for 126 episodes and i'm figured like we don't ever talk about how we come up with the thumbnails, how we do our doc, 
how we just basically sit down to record, how we do our audio. Because I know a lot of our viewers and listeners themselves are interested in content creation. And one of the things we always recommend is just do it, just start it. And, and you've got to start somewhere yeah. and you'll improve over time. No doubt, like we have. So let me know in the comments if you'd be interested in a behind the scenes thing, um, what tools that we use. That might work as like a members only live stream. So like they can ask questions live as we're going, as we're going through it. Exactly. Going through the tools we use, the programs we use. Exactly. How we structure out the doc, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and what we do after we can't stop recording yeah. and what, what behind the scenes looks like. So let me know. Uh, it's something I've thought about for a few weeks now. And I thought, uh, let's get the ball rolling with it. But... We digress, Richie, we digress. 126 episodes. People are not here for us to talk and ramble on forever because we've only got a short window of time. So would you do me the honours of introducing us to the... The super sexy special stadia story segment, a.k.a. The News. Good bit of emphasis on that this week. I'm feeling, yeah, your, I'm feel feeling your energy. It's at Friday afternoon and I must admit, I'm not a big caffeine drinker anymore, but I had a cup of coffee this morning. That explains it, okay. Okay, so you I, I went to McDonald's. I got up, went to McDonald's for breakfast to get my hair cut. So I've, I've got, I'm on the caffeine today. Oh wait, you went to McDonald's for breakfast to get your hair cut? Uh, no, I was <laughs> going to get my hair cut. So and because I, I, I got, I just got up and just got ready and went. So I was like, I'll pick up some breakfast en route. Picture Ronald. McDonald's. I didn't get my hair cut. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's one way to do it, I suppose. Ronald McDonald. I mean, I mean he, he if does I have a barber enough. He does, like, he does have a fantastic perm. Does Ronald McDonald? Yeah. I can picture him cutting your hair and grimace, yeah. <laughs> mopping up the, the dead I, hair on the floor. I wonder <laughs> if I called my barber and went, hi, um, will you cut my hair McDonald's and I'll buy you a Big Mac? Would he do it? Oh, I can imagine little bits of hair in your dip and everything. And... I don't know if McDonald's is lettuce. No, if we did it outside, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. If we did it outside, <laughs> like, the in, in the kids' play area. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Right, right, folks. Ronald McDonald and hairdressing aside, let's dive into it. Story number one of the week. Uh, the one and only Cyberpunk 2077 has had a mega patch 1.5, which is introduced and brought along with it plenty of updates, next-gen features, and uh, we're going to break down all that a little bit more. If you are a Cyberpunk 2077 player, of course, Google Stadia famed for having one of the best performances, and uh, I'd certainly agree the cheapest entry into playing this game um, I, I think that we did actually tweet out from our official account it's the cheapest slash best place to play and people still comment and saying it's not the best yeah. though and I'm like I'm not saying it's the best I'm saying it's the bestest and cheapest which is undoubtedly yeah. true because you don't pay anything you just buy the game and you can play it it's, at its the best. thing is if you think about to play Cyberpunk 20, 2077 before this patch um, before, well before the PS5 versions and stuff were released mm-hmm. You couldn't play it on PS4 or Xbox um, One. C- Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So it was Stadia or PC. There were your choices. And PC was struggling unless you had pretty much me- mid to high end graphic graphics cards, mm-hmm. which are very, very expensive. And hard to get, remember. There's still a shortage yeah. all over the globe. Yeah, I mean, ev- even if you already had them. So if you're like, this is the game I want to play, I want to get back into gaming, mm-hmm. I need to upgrade my upgrade my PC for this yeah it was a it would have been a nightmare and very expensive so when we say the cheapest and best it's that price added in because straight up any game is better on the top end PC hardware Mm -hmm. that's it's just that's just the reality of it 
there is better hardware available for PC players than any console or cloud gaming player. Yeah, and you can say that about PS5 and Xbox. There are PCs. Yeah, I am. I'm absolutely including. I'm absolutely including them in that category. Like, Mm -hmm. if you get the top, like a a decent like i i m i seven i nine or AMD equivalent, and like a thirty eighty, your and decent decent amount of RAM, your gaming PC is going to destroy any console. Mm -hmm. Because consoles are mass market. That you're using top tier hardware. There. It's like it's not. It's not a comparison. It shouldn't be top tier. So yeah. So I thought that was funny, yeah. just because how people get defensive yeah. over. It. And I'm like, ah, I didn't say the best. I said the best and the cheapest yeah. combined because it 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 is, and arguably yeah, it still it's is just... to this day. Because Stadia got the 1.5 patch. It's live now. Uh, go check it out, Richie. I'm glad we've got you on the show because you are one of the few people I know who actually completed Cyberpunk. Like you played yeah. the story through to its entirety in in like, just a few short sittings. I think it was like the Christmas it came out. Right, that was your. Yeah, I put I played it was my Christmas game for what was it twenty 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 I think was it two is Cyberpunk two years old? Yeah, it will be like it'll yeah. be twenty twenty. Um, Which is crazy to say. It feels like yeah. yesterday. It really, really does. One thing I do need to correct myself on though, um, I did say I think on the sh- on one of our shows I can't remember which one that I don't think um, one point five is going to have the next gen stuff in it. Because the ne- I felt, oh, the next gen stuff surely is a big enough upgrade that they'll do a 2.0 patch. Mm, yeah. I was wrong, <laughs> but yeah. it, well, it's actually we'll get we'll get into it because there are some weird ca- caveats to this as well. So um, first things first, it launched with next gen graphics, is what it was touted as, and, and CD Projekt Red put out their big yellow poster that showed you the the breakdown columns of what they've brought, what they've added. And yeah, it launched for with a PS5 patch version and an Xbox uh, Series X version. Um, but weirdly enough, not available to purchase. So if you go on like Amazon and go PS5 Cyberpunk, it doesn't exist as like a physical version. It's digital upgrade and next gen upgrade only. So I don't know whether they're going to save it for like a game of the year release or some some kind of push on that front. It, it might just be a more convenient way mm-hmm. rather than putting out another set of discs out there in the wild because that's mm-hmm. expensive to set up in the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just buy the last thing and pay the difference to upgrade digitally. Yeah. So, along with these next-gen upgrades that they bring along, uh, one of the biggest things is the graphic fidelity has been tweaked. Uh, we know Stadia has always notoriously had the option for performance mode or frame rate mode. So you've got the, you've always had those two options on Stadia, which puts it akin closer to the PC version. So the PC version, Night City, looked great originally anyway, but the next-gen patch is going to bring in. Um, better render modes better performance mode uh, in line with ps5 and uh, they did say as well ray tracing and shadows now this is kind of the, it said on the stadia column it had already been implemented in a previous version and i don't think anyone out there actually realized or knew that ray tracing slash shadows had been implemented in the game and i don't know is how it- true this is is it true ray tracing or is it some kind of variation on the word well ray tracing is a very specific um, piece of technology mm-hmm. and to my knowledge there isn't a game on Stadia that can that uses ray tracing I don't think the Stadia hardware is necessarily compatible with it mm-hmm. because it uses specific like ele- specific elements of the GPU Yeah. so if them elements aren't there on the GPU it can't do it it's, it's very much that simple so I don't I don't think ray tracing is on this because I don't think any game on Stadia has ray tracing. Yeah, that's what one of the weird things that came out of it was. I mean, I suppose it might be possible. The thing is, it's hard to know with Stadia's hardware because it's all custom. 
Um, so it's a custom, uh, uh, they're yeah. using a custom AMD GPU. So it's entirely possible that the 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 cores are there on the GPU, so that ray tracing is possible. Mm-hmm. But most developers are just kind of went, let's not bother if we're struggling to hit the 4K 60 anyway. Just just straight. That's one of the first things you turn off. Yeah, we also don't really know. Oh, actually, wait there. Hang on a minute. Live reporting from the Helix Cloud Game Studio. The ray traced slash local shadows tick box on Twitter is no longer ticked and it no longer says previously added. It's got an empty box now under the Stadia column. Yeah. So I feel like they might have have backtracked on that then originally. It it was probably an error on their part. So yeah, okay. Um, Right, folks, we've solved it live on the show. You don't need to worry about it. Anyone who's in the comments ready to go, actually... It's not available now. Yeah, Ray Trace Local Shadows is apparently on PS5, Xbox Series X, uh, not Series S, not PS4, not Xbox One. On PC, it was previously added, but on Stadia, unfortunately, that box is left unchecked. And also, spatial headphone audio, we should point out as well. I'm sure that was ticked or said previously. It's almost like they copied and pasted the columns. Yeah, that that seems to be the case. And spatial headphone audio and ray tracing are just not compatible with Stadia, to the best of my knowledge at this point in time. So. And, and definitely can confirm on their Twitter account. It's still there now if you head up to the Cyberpunk official Twitter account. If you scroll down a few more tweets, the original post is still there that says, yeah, Ray Trace Local Shadows is under previously added for Stadia. And actually what they've done is they had PC and Stadia in the same column and they've since separated ah, them right. in the new update. So evidently there is some disparity between the two. Yeah. And that would come in the form of that. So there we go. So yeah. that's that's the first part of the updates. Um, I thought the game looked great anyway initially. Obviously, it did did require some yeah. work to tweak it and bring it up to date. So it's good to know they've done that. Uh, moving on, one of the extra features they added was additional apartments. So the level designers said um, originally when they announced the game that you could own multiple apartments within Cyberpunk. Um, now they've brought in some new ones where you can have stashes, you can sleep uh, within the game and rest your character and. and have a shower with your clothes on because that's still a thing they, they joked about and, and mess around with a few bits and pieces doesn't really mean anything to me additional apartments is like it's it's a virtual apartment within a virtual game so yeah I think something like that means more if there's a way of customising your apartment but I, I never found the apartment you get limiting in any way for the what I needed it mm-hmm. for yeah. in the game so I could store everything I wanted to and then that's the only reason I'd really go there, to be honest. Yeah. Apart from for story reasons, so yeah, um, it's cool, fine. It's it's more stuff. Again, this is the weird thing with this patch announcement because everyone there was rumours prior to the announcement that next gen was going to arrive, and then as I said, it arrived in a digital only version, and it wasn't like you said two point um, And a lot of people yeah. are saying that they haven't done as much as you'd expect after a year and a bit. Uh, as far as patch, they've since scrapped their multiplayer offering that was going to come. There, there is supposed to be rumoured free story content. That's have not mentioned anything about that. I think what we have to be realistic in that year and a bit, what they have done is get the MPS4 um, Xbox One versions playable, mm-hmm. which has probably put all of this that we're talking about now back by months. That is true. That firefighting probably might have took them six months. Yeah, and all of the internal and, problems they've had as well. Yeah. And now, then they've got a restart develop, probably restart development on the PS5, Xbox Series X versions. Yeah. 
while then also bringing in this other content that they probably put. This is not like the new apartments. This is not important to go on now. It's more important to fix the, what we have we've released. Mm-hmm. So fix that, then we'll work on it. Yeah, agreed. So I, I, I think it's fine. Again, it's not a two point patch, which I thought I genuinely did think, and I think my rationale is pretty was pretty solid that the next gen version. Oh, that should be a two point yeah. but yeah. That makes sense. Uh, credit where credit is due as well, that the Stadia version was in line with all of these updates. Like we, This could yeah. have very much been 1.5 is out, it'll be coming to Stadia at some point, uh, at some point in the future, which we know probably means by Christmas at, at this level. Uh, yeah. So the fact that it's in line, we definitely can see similarities, I think, originally when it launched with the PC version. There's clearly a, a, a tied... Yeah. Um, setup going on with CD Projekt and the PC slash Stadia version so it's great to see. Uh, one of the other improvements they're bringing is combat improvements so the game was criticised quite early on from uh, the combat didn't quite work um, of course it isn't a RPG game originally uh, but they said that the enemies and the combat and the way they reacted sometimes felt a little bit different so they've updated it to make shootouts and alley brawls feel more uh, interactive enemies are more tactical they're more likely to dodge or take cover um, the, the biggest change to the combat has been their behavioural diversification is what they've said uh, different factions now adopt different combat strategies so some gangs are more aggressive while others are more defensive and more importantly the animations have been improved overall to make the combat just feel more visceral so yeah. combat for me was one of those where I think I just had the katana and I just ran in and hacked at them once I realised that that was more efficient than shooting and ducking yeah. and dodging I, I use a combination of stuff. I, I, games like this, I tend to play a bit stealthy. Mm. And then when I mess up, go loud. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, when you're like, right, okay. I'm angry now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ready to go. Uh, so that's a big one. Uh, improved vehicles is another big one. This is the, probably one of the biggest for me because I thought the driving was terrible in Cyberpunk. Yeah. My initial first thoughts were steering around the corner, like the braking of the vehicles. It felt... The vehicles just felt so dense and unattached to the road, especially the motorbike. You see, the map tells you you're supposed to turn left up here, and trying to to get it, it was almost like you know when we struggled in Riders Republic, Richie, yeah. with the getting the ring the wingsuits to to, yeah. to bank when you need them to suddenly turn left. It felt like that on a on a car in in a game, which shouldn't be happening in, in today's yeah, age. I remember thinking when I first picked it up that it feels weird, but once I got used to it, I was fine. But again, if a lot of I think the first impressions are meaning mean a lot. So mm-hmm. if a lot of people's initial impression of it, oh, the driving is a bit horrible. Even if it's a case of yeah, give it give it a couple of hours and you'll you'll actually really like it. But yeah, so anyway. part of the update they have said as well, um, the introduced vast vehicle increases across all different vehicles as well. So they've gone in and looked at individual designs based yeah. on size, shape, and, and everything as well to to make it actually feel like you are driving properly so they've gone in and oh. rather than just travel around and access players can now break stand do donuts uh, the update provides improved engine clutch gearbox simulations to make the ride more realistic um so they've really really gone in and made it feel and more engaging people were saying there wasn't much in this patch they've retweet every single <laughs> vehicle in the game to feel very specific just a little That's bit a big patch on its own yeah definitely uh citizens as well who are driving they also react properly to danger so just like in older games like if you're heading headlong playing chicken with another driver they'll acknowledge you and try and get out the way as opposed to just yeah. smash straight into the front uh, front of your car as well yeah. uh, which ties into the other kind of big update as well which is the overall ai so 
before there would be a lot of NPCs just like wandering around aimlessly. They didn't react to like gunfire yeah. or cars crashing, as we mentioned just there. So they've gone in and totally kind of overhauled the way people react to things. The if you fire a gun off, people will flee in fear. Uh, and again, just make the city feel more lived in and real, uh, which I think is yeah. it's only better for the experience of the actual game itself. And the kind of biggest thing I think PS5 controller aside, we're not going to talk about that because it's not dual sense. Um, they've done some rebalancing for me um, as it is an RPG after all uh, they've gone into the skill tree Richie and it's, I'd, I'm really curious because if you have any recollection of what your final skill tree looked like I can't even remember what I I, what I picked for mine yeah so the skill tree massive overhaul they've fully gone in and, and tweaked stuff and moved stuff around uh, they've actually redid a lot of the features within it so I'm really curious to know like how why why what you approaches on that i don't know i'm struggling to remember i don't really remember any details about the skill tree itself but the thing is i think one of the issues i have with this game because for about a week i very much engrossed myself in night city in that world mm -hmm. then i moved on and never thought about it again and now we're talking about 18 months later or something yeah 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 it's well, nothing uh, that stood out it, the scene in the in the yes yeah, so it's like well it's 40 it's about 14 months since i've mm -hmm. since i played the game um, so that's kind of the well remembering is like because I didn't spread it out over a long period of time, and I think I only played about fifty hours or something. It wasn't like a hundred plus mm. hour game for me, so I didn't do everything there was to do. I just played mainly through the main line. Yeah, in the article, but, they go on to say many perks and skills from Cyberpunk uh, have yeah. been replaced, completely replaced. Um, we've gone over, they've took out certain abilities, they've, they've tweaked stuff, so. Uh, with patch 5 they've gone in and um, essentially made some abilities more useful they've integrated them more into like health regeneration and stuff as well and other abilities have just been like rebalanced so that they're less overpowered so the berserker yeah. ability for instance it, it, do it only doubles your stamina instead of granting players an infin infinite pool of stamina so it's like yeah, just kind of balancing the game I guess to make it more interactive I can't really remember much about the skill trailer than I remember opening up and going jeez there's a lot of just stuff that seems yeah. like it's little incremental bits with a, a skill tree can be good or forgettable quite easily, I think. Yeah. And then to, to put a pin on this whole conversation then, Richie, do you think this will have any real re relevance to the game? I think, or is this a cyberpunk a case of uh, it, it, it's, it soured its audience it, and its fan base so much and CD Projekt Red took such a hit? Is this just kind of repairing the leaks now and just putting it to a side? I, or is this a renaissance think... for it? I think yes to both. Some people, I think, are just going to be incredibly sour by a CD Projekt Red. They did, they did bad, never, not going to touch that game again, and have moved on. Other people, I think, might just be apathetic to it. It's like, I came, it came out. It wasn't as good as meant to be. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. I've got other stuff to play. Mm -hmm. However, I do think there are there will be people out there who have been waiting for this, and this feels like now. This is probably the t the best time to play Cyberpunk. This is what probably what should have been launched. Mm. Um, there may be still bugs and issues, but I think if this was launched, what they've done here, I mean, I haven't played it, so I can't really judge too much, but going by from what we were talking about here, if this was how it launched, I think the perception of the game would be very different. I don't know if it's, it would be enough to save the reputation of the game mm -hmm. wholesale. Yeah, I think Cyberpunk will go down as a game that overpromised, 
under-delivered than was patched to a reasonable level. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've possibly saved it. Um, I don't think anyone will be clambered for a sequel anytime soon. I think CD Projekt Red are still I, kind of riding the wave of The Witcher 3's kind of hype and buzz I'd be, still. Well, I'd be excited for a sequel to Cyberpunk because, again, I think the story really holds up. The story is a really, it's a really good story, really engaging, decent, decent characters. It was other elements of the game that mm-hmm. let it down. So as an IP, there's there's if they as long as they don't just like I don't know just not if as long as they don't bring out a broken game again, I think the IP yeah fool, fool, can live. Fool me once. However, <laughs> they need to manage it. Would have to manage expectation next time round, mm-hmm. and I think one. Of the, and one of the problems is making sure fans of the game don't get over carried away because yeah. that can be damning sometimes it's not even this This time I think it was CG Project Red's fault but I think next time round there'll be a bit of buzz oh Cyberpunk 2078's coming out okay I'm inter- I'm interested let's see what they do Yeah, I think that's what will be I don't think the IP's dead right but if the next one's a flop as well, then it is. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because, like, realistically, a sequel would be probably five years away at this point. Uh, dep- oh. that, that's that's all saying that they I, don't move on to like The Witcher Four next, as opposed to a sequel. I don't think they start. I doubt they'll start work on it beyond it. Maybe some basic yeah, concept yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, you're looking probably about five, if not more years. Because this took this game was in a long time in development it as well. Was, yeah, it was announced. I so think. Long ago. Either the another game in the Witcher franchise. I don't. I don't think it will be the Witcher Four. I think it'll be the Witcher like a side story because I think they're done with Geralt, mm. the Witcher Lambert, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, or a new, another new IP because they have talked about bringing out more, like having a couple of different temples mm-hmm. to their their business. Indeed, indeed. And so the Witcher is one. Cyberpunk's meant to be another. And who knows? Who knows what they've got next? But uh, yes, I'm sure it will tell. Of course, if you've not jumped into Cyberpunk, I'd say check it out now. But you've also got Elden Ring on the horizon for gamers out there. You've got Horizon Forbidden horizon West on the horizon. On the horizon. There's just so many massive. We have our Dying Light just come out on the world. So yeah, if you're in, if you have the time to invest in these, like you do have to ask, why would you go back to a to a game that's coming up on? Well, not two. It's like a year and a half old. Um, but is there is this enough to merit you jumping back into Night City, or is it kind of it's in your rear view mirror now you've moved on for me it, it's in my rear view mirror I've moved on but it's always a game that I've felt that I might return to one day interesting interesting yeah same but that's uh, if there's time yeah that's so. same for me I would have probably jumped in this weekend and, and checked it out however there's a brand new shiny game coming my way imminently if, so. if this if this patch came a month ago you probably would have done yeah I probably would have but again timing is always key speaking of timing Richie let's move things on to story number two of the week we've got a ton of Ubisoft news Ubisoft had one of their earnings calls which we all know is great for scraping the barrel for new stories in relation to Stadia or gaming and other such things uh, so kicking things off uh, let's have a look at the first part of this story uh, Yves Guimont came out as part of the earnings call answered some questions discussed things and one of the things they implied was their importance of cloud games and cloud native games as a whole and I'm reading directly 
from the, the mouth of Yeez. And he said, what we can see about Google or streaming platforms in general is that they do a really good job to bring AAA games to as many screens as possible. And that's a trend that will continue and amplify in the years to come. We don't know exactly when it will be 50% of the industry, but what we see is for a number of players, it's the experience is really smooth and they are having a great experience when they play those games. So that was just a snippet from the Q&A that they have like a little back and forth. And it, it just showcases that the, the head boss over at Ubisoft. Someone's at the doorbell. Oh, Richie. Oh, it's here, oh. it's here, guys. Uh, Should we do a live unboxing? <laughs> it's been it's it's been gone. It's been uh, gone. I'm safe. Uh, I won't. But uh, yes, here it is. Horizon's here, folks. Um, but before I get to that, I need to finish a podcast, apparently. So... Yes, he's game on. Really happy with cloud gaming. He seems, and we've we've said it time and time again, but Ubisoft definitely seem happy with their relationship with Stadia and Luna, and they're very very keen to just get everything everywhere. And we've said, and I've said many many times that I think Ubisoft are really keen to cut out the middleman as much as possible, and having Ubisoft Plus just be the go-to platform for their catalog. It brings them the most profit, the most revenue. So why wouldn't they do it? And and this just for me, it just goes to show that actually, yeah, they're they're quite content with cloud gaming, and they, thankfully, from a Stadia fans' perspective, a cloud gaming fans' perspective, they are they're keen to just continue this support. So, it looks like yeah. we're going to get Ubisoft games for the foreseeable. Any takes from this? Um, not really. It's like there was a bit where they mentioned the importance of cloud native games. So, this makes me think that Ubisoft are considering game like things that. What is what can cloud gaming technology do that localized hardware can't, mm-hmm. and how can we implement this into their own games? Because we know Ubisoft are looking into having their own cloud-based service for something like Ubisoft Plus. So maybe if if that's Google Stream backing it or something something else, it, it it's interesting, and it also it kind of puts into cons- um, perspective why Ubisoft seem to be the only developer and <laughs> um, that are strongly um, supporting Stadia still. Yeah. I think they see the future, future in it. Yeah, it, it, I think we said we said many, many, many times before. But cloud gaming is in such its infancy, and like Ubisoft, they've yeah. always been the front runner. They've done it on the past. They've done it with like the PlayStation Vita. They had Assassin's yeah. Creed games running on there. Uh, they're supporting the Switch. They've teamed with Nintendo to make like exclusive uh, Mario Rabbit games. So they're always out there pushing relationships. I think in a really, really positive way. And like, there's not a bigger testament to that than their relationship with Stadia and, and Amazon Luna from right off the bat. And uh, I can't imagine they're making tons of money, well, but they clearly can see a future in this. And it's it's good to see them kind I of cement that. If if I'm putting myself in Ezekiel Mon's um, mind, what he's probably looked at, he's looked at the potential of Amazon Luna and Google Stadia, and went, I can sell these on letting them put Ubisoft Plus on there. Mm-hmm where Microsoft and Sony might be a bit more guarded about it because they want to take that in-store revenue cut. Yeah, indeed. Again, it's the, it's um, the middleman that we've... Scored. I can remember. Is Ubisoft Plus on Microsoft? It's it's on, coming. On so it's not part it's of coming, Game Pass. Yeah. Ubisoft Plus is coming. They but, announced it a few weeks, months ago. Uh, not including Game Pass, but then there's always that yet. It's not including Game Pass yet. Just like EA Play has like a light version on yeah. Game Pass. And it, it may be only a matter of time before Xbox want Game Pass to be I'm, this all-encompassing go-to subscription that you have everything but is that beneficial for ubisoft if they can take a bigger cut by just having ubisoft plus standalone and i think you're right with that and have yeah by nurturing the relationship with google and amazon if these platforms explode 
Ubisoft are top tier in with the relationship there when others will then the, I think it's one of them there's a critical point I think any new platform will get to where going where you have to go from trying to find and put effort into bringing games to the platform to the developers coming to you going we want to put it on yours where when you hit that critical mass of install install base, I think the the conversation flips. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of where the power lies? Yeah. Where at the moment the power lies with the developers, and Google has to go cap in hand begging, "Can I have a game, please?" Yeah, completely. It's it's the hard miles you need to put but in to make a business where, successful. Where where Sony just need to sit back and wait for Ubisoft to pick up the phone and go, "New Assassin's Creed, yep, yeah, done." Yeah, com- <laughs> completely. And again, numbers numbers and money talks and. I genuinely think I can see a time when Ubisoft Plus does become part of Game Pass, but then if you fast forward ten years and they're renegotiating contracts and Microsoft go, oh sorry, Ubisoft want more money out of their their cut of the Game Pass slice, and Microsoft might have a fallen out with them and say, well actually we're providing Game Pass, and Ubisoft go, well we're only getting like ten percent out of the Game Pass revenue because yeah. it's split between EA Play and first party studios and third party deals and all this other stuff. Spending seventy-eight billion on Activision, Ubisoft. If they have their other own platforms to lean back on, like a cloud-run Ubisoft Plus, where they get a hundred percent almost of the profits, that's much more beneficial to them. So again, it's very, very early doors. But as a business, you need to keep your hand in a lot of pies. So you've got options. You need a diverse portfolio of choices. You can't just bank on one horse in in the business world. See, what I would love Ubisoft to do is find a way of getting Ubisoft Plus on PlayStation Five. Because for me that'd be that for me personally that would be ideal. Because then, if I'm at home, I can play my PlayStation Five and get the absolute best console experience of a Ubisoft game. Mm-hmm. But then I can also go to work and just maybe play a bit using a keyshare on my phone for Stadia with Ubisoft Connect. Yeah, and having that so I can play any Ubisoft game on whatever platform I choose to play would be ideal. Yeah, that's it. But they just need to get it on PlayStation. Convenience, accessibility. Yeah. That, that's the future of gaming so only a matter of time uh, another caveat that came out of the revenue breakdown was uh, Assassin's Creed and Valhalla continues to do absolute gangbuster numbers for Ubisoft no surprise there Assassin's Creed Valhalla has now earned more than 1 billion dollars of revenue making it the first game in the Ubisoft flagship franchise to do so the Viking era epic passed the milestone back in December and he updated us as part of the earnings call uh, of course, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is by no means done. It's already surpassed Odyssey. However, it's going to have the biggest and best supported post-launch content. We've seen it with the free content, the seasonal pass stuff. We're getting Dawn of Ragnarok, which is its own 40-hour expansion in itself. We had the Island and Paris DLCs, which were part of the initial season pass. And it just seems like Ubisoft have this pivot where they, they intend to support games much, much longer. And Richie, if the game's raking in over a billion dollars in revenue, why yeah, would you it, want it, to it, leave it on the floor? I'm generally surprised by this um, because I don't think Valhalla... Valhalla was well-received. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's a, it was received poorly. But compared to how Odyssey was received, Valhalla almost feels like... I don't know, the way the perception I've got as a, how the video gamers in general kind of rank them would be Odyssey, Valhalla, then Origins. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit surprised. I'm a bit surprised. I know they kept the DLC, but to one billion dollars is huge. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, who's who's still buying this yeah, game? Yeah, it goes to show <laughs> that Assassin's Creed. I know we've we've lamented them sometimes for putting the Assassin's yeah. Creed logo on games that maybe didn't require it. 
but it yeah. just goes to show like the power of branding and, and an IP I, is, is very I, much alive and well I'm curious of how they work out um, the revenue from Ubisoft Plus and for something like this mm. Might be hours just time played because there could be some creative accounting going there to push it past. I my, for me, my assumption would be this is how much, how like this is how much um, Ubisoft Plus has raked in this month. This is this breakdown of games. We divide that one by the other. This is this is the value of this game on this platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. So that that probably pads it a bit actually. Yeah. But uh, it's it's again it's great to see it's got content like Dawn of Ragnarok is very much on my radar. Once I'm finished with Horizon, yeah. there's nothing really on my radar for for a little while. So this could be it. They're going to get me back into a to a two year old game yeah. for for the sake of that. So and I love me some uh, some mythology from uh, Nordic times. Uh, I guess then, moving on into the next bit of the story from the earnings report, Ubisoft also discussed the idea of a potential buyout. So they were they were happy talking about their actual independence as such, and saying like in the in the wake of several massive gaming industry acquisitions, uh, were happy being independent. Of course, they did fight off uh, Vivendi from a, a corporate yeah. takeover for for that a was more of a it was more of a hostile yeah, oh, yeah, one. Yeah. It was like they were trying to force it. So yeah, they do. It's want different. To someone going, so like someone like Sony and Microsoft going, yeah, hi guys, we want to talk. We want to buy you. It's just a conversation here too. Going, you know what? We're gonna keep buying shares, keep buying shares, and try and force you out. Yeah, they're very different approaches. So that aside, though, yeah, it's interesting to say they quote their quote as saying they've had the 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 biggest portfolio it's the richest it's ever been in terms of ip quality the assets are so strong um, they've never been so high um, but then on the flip side <laughs> after fighting off uh, a hostile takeover and being proud and, and fighting to remain independent at all costs yeah. um they follow that up uh, with uh, a quote that says we've always taken our uh, taken our decisions in the interest of our stakeholders which are players employees and shareholders so Ubisoft can remain independent we have the talent the industrial and the financial scale and a large portfolio of powerful IP having said that <laughs> if there is an offer to buy us the board of directors would of course review it in, in, in the interest of the stakeholders so again any publicly traded business money talks at the end of the day and it, it's no surprise that yeah if someone came in with a big yeah. swing and bag of money and you're sat there as a shareholder and being offered we're talking like xbox yeah. numbers now, of money you're not going to turn that down are you really now there's an interesting way they put it there they put it players employees shareholders and that's the order they put it in i wonder at, if that's that might be the the priority they see it players first employees second shareholders come last how big is the bag of money that makes shareholders go first well yeah exactly um, when- that, that's kind of what we're talking about assuming that because this is a deliberate statement so they've they've debated mm-hmm. what order they put listing them I mean yeah it's a um, well written statement for, for me arguably I would go employees players shareholders look after your staff first then your customers then your shareholders but even fine but I, I don't know. Um, Ubisoft like money. Um, Ease Gilmon clearly likes money. I mean, we all like money. If the ba- if the bags if the bags big enough, yeah, I think he could go. I hope though, even if someone does come with a massive sack of cash, they go. What are you going to do with the company? 
yeah, Adol yeah. just go, yep, yep, give us the money, you can have it. Yeah, you need assurance. Like, what are you going almost. putting putting in contracts, certain certain things that they can deviate from? Because you can do that in a sale. Mm-hmm. You can go. You know what? You you know what? For the next ten years, you're not allowed to shut down any current studios. You could write that mm-hmm. into a contract. Yeah, that is part of the agreed terms of purchasing. You're not allowed to move the studios, mm-hmm. so you, so all your employees don't get uprooted. All current employees you have to honour the contracts of. So all that sort of stuff can be written in. Yeah. So, and it, again, I think that a lot of it comes down to what's the money and who's buying yeah. and what the plans. So I, I could see Ubisoft getting bought out. Yeah. And let's, let's, but ultimately, I think I think they've had this conversation probably because they've had to. I mean, yeah, it's go, it's going to come up when you're seeing your it's, your competitors it, yeah. and your fellow fellow game makers in the industry literally yeah. get picked up for billions and billions of dollars. You got to look at yourself and go, why didn't they buy us? Like, what are we doing wrong, or well, what do we need to do right to to get in on this 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 uh, cash? Well, it might not even be that. It might be a case of okay, guys, Microsoft and Sony are currently in a in a like basically an uh, an IP war where they're just buying everyone. We're clearly going to be on the list of both of them at some point we should talk about this yeah yeah we were a and the, the answer might the answer might just be the, the like the key um stakeholders set all agree that doesn't matter what the cost is we're not selling yeah and, and that's absolutely fine but they might go okay what is our number yeah and i bet you they now have a number he's game one will have a number you'll never know it mm-hmm. what his number that he has written down somewhere in his office going 50 billion. If you hit someone off as 50 billion, we take it. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think that that's what's happening. Yeah. But they obviously, within the yeah. statement, they do also clarify like they've got the richest IP catalogue that Ubisoft has ever had with iconic brands across multiple genres. And you know what? They're not wrong. They might be doing a, I mean, having a rough time at the moment with all the Tom Clancy shit and uh, yeah. dropping Hyperscape and all that. And, and the, the Remember, the stuff this is an investor's on. call. Mm. They're bigging themselves up because they want to the investors. So, oh yeah, we've got the richest IP we've ever had. Because you're not going to say, well, we're a bit crap. We're being a bit crap at the moment. You're not going to say that to your investors, are you? True, but uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're wrong though, and saying they've got a rich. I don't think. In, I don't think in, they're wrong. Assassin's Creed alone, one billion in revenue. So that's a great selling point I, on to put on your CV anywhere. Yeah, uh, but. Moving on from earnings report, the last little tidbit we did get out of this is that Skull and Bones will apparently be out before April 2023. So the last little bit from the building on the future of Ubisoft and their uh, financial year to 2023 game pipeline, they mentioned Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Ubisoft and Stadia confirmed. So that I, my money's on again, I've said time and time again, this will come out in line with the movie launching. I think the movie's set for a December launch. They're going for that Christmas window. I can see this dropping around November, December time this year. Uh, Mario and Rabbids, of course, Nintendo exclusive. Skull and Bones, as well as more exciting games yet to be revealed. So, I'm I, guessing Ubisoft forward, but interesting to see that Skull and well, Bones has kind of been funneled in. Yeah, Skull and Bones, and then um, Beyond. It's Beyond Good and Evil two. Um, yeah, two. Yeah. That's being mentioned. So I think we need to see something of both of these games. Skull and Bones, I think we do need to see in 2022. Yeah. I think we need to see probably maybe around E three time a refresh of Beyond Good and Evil t- two with an actual date. Yeah. Do, uh, by date I mean could be fall twenty twenty three. Yeah. Doesn't have to be January the twenty fourth. But yeah, it's interesting I, the whole. If that game is coming out, which has been starting to drop more info about it recently, 
then they need to start going public with it and go right yes guys this game is coming and this is when but Skull and Bones needs to be this year for me agreed there, there also needs to be in, in a weird way a push for the industry of what's coming next because obviously Covid and lockdown and working from home it's, it's had a yeah. bit of a stalled knock-on effect of the video games industry everything that was in development as the start of Covid they managed to push them out the door and get them finished but then new projects have started up and we we haven't really heard much and I think we've we said time and time again Stadia's roadmap we, we don't have a clue Looking at PlayStation as well, now Horizon's out. We've got God of War, but that's also last-gen, next-gen. We don't know what else is coming out for the PS5 beyond this year. Uh, Nintendo, yeah. we know Breath of the Wild 2 is in development. We don't know anything about a new Mario title. Um, but we obviously got Arceus, so we don't know what the next Pokemon thing is. Look at Xbox, they got Halo out the door, they got a Forza out, out the door. We don't really know what... It feels like the whole industry has I... finally hit that point where... We've, everything we know about is now out or imminently out and everything in 2023 I, is kind of just so I think it's going to be allowed yeah for announcements I think I think what we might have seen is because of the, the COVID pandemic over the last two years is how games get announced is changing I don't think you're going to get announcements multiple years ahead of time too much anymore mm-hmm. I because because basically we've had the like the um, 2020 so far have been it's been the decade of delays. Mm-hmm. So if they can't really if if developers are struggling to pin down an actual launch window and hit it, why are they going to tell us about the launch window? Because mm-hmm. if they don't tell us about it, then they don't have to delay the game. Yeah. So I genuinely think what you're going to start seeing now is games announced when they're later in the development cycle rather than earlier. Just so they have a strong... Because the further you're in the development cycle, the stronger like, your target dates can become. So I think I just think it's going to be one of them things. You're probably not going to hear. Like I think we'll hear about games coming out in 2023 from PlayStation this year, but I don't think we'll hear about 2024 games. Hmm. That's why I think we're at as, an in, as an industry. Same with Ubisoft. Yeah, I think everything's... Everything is quite interesting, and the way it's all kind yeah. of took it's it's done us it's had a slowdown, and then we yeah. know video games are all about hype and, and the future and stuff. And we've alluded to it a few times, but like even even Google Stadia at some point are going to have to come out and tell us about the future plans because they're going to have to do it whether that's a GDC or a Google earnings call because I'm pretty sure Google do that on a yearly basis as well. They have the I/O events. They in that's like how long do you go quietly where just nothing's happening and you need to you need to actively talk so i'm sure it'll come soon uh skull and bones you know what i hope skull and bones is absolutely amazing i hope it comes out and just, I, I hope they do like I'm... almost like a relaunch where they say we've took on feedback we know the gameplay is fun we know there's a clamber for story we're giving you a, like a single player pirate campaign we've added in these features there's like no doubt there's going to be special assassin's creed black flag references sprinkled throughout and I, I, they might even rename the whole thing, you know, like just call it, like you said, Pirates Creed or Black Flag. If Assassin's Creed yeah. IP is bringing in one billion revenue, they would be smart to rebrand this as Black Flag or pa- Pirates Creed, like you said. Pirate Pirates Creed, call on Skull and Bones. Yeah, like that, and just pivot off. And you know what? I feel like just even rebranding it as Pirates Creed would give the game so much more oomph and like rejuvenation than it would get by just launching a Skull and Bones. A games as a service Ubisoft title because let's face it, yeah. with X Defiant on the horizon I... and Heartlands and the dropping of Hyperscape, they're, they're floundering a little I... bit Ubisoft with how to get this lives as a service off the ground. 
and the thing is because of pushing game, um, games as a service and that, and things like NFTs people looking at Ubisoft and going we're not really like what, what you're doing there um, I think Skull and Bones is going to be absolutely fine mm-hmm. as a game I w- I'm not expecting more than that though I think it's just going to be yeah. fine yeah, that that is like the Ubisoft yeah. standard, though, isn't it? Like the yeah, games that, are like that's fine, the, that's the thing. Good, but they, there's nothing that blows your mind. They don't, they're not really in many game of the year conversations, and that's probably because they are, they have just become quite formulaic I, and and similar. And it's the thing is, it's working for them. I mean, yeah, look, financially, look, it certainly look, is. But the problem is, I think it stifles things creative creatively. So yeah. it's like, well, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. But moving on, let's go Peloton. Let's move on to the next story of the week, which is uh, Peloton's video game feature, Lane Break, is finally here. Now, we bring this up because, of course, the um, Business Insider report from few, two weeks back now broke down that Google Stadia was in conversations with Peloton to bring across a video game using streaming. And that was revealed to be the Lane Break video game. Uh, it was in beta uh, for the majority of the back end of last year. It's now out there, and the reviews and news articles are starting to surface, uh, focusing on Lane Break and how it plays, how it is. There's a couple of reviews up on YouTube where you can actually see people chesting it out, and it's, it's very much, uh, it's actually, Richie, it's a bit like Thumper in like Beat Saber, yeah. but with an exercise bike, you you cycle through, you break through walls, you hit the beast, beats. Uh, in line with like how fast you're cycling, how slow. Just again, no different than being in a in a in a cycle class, and your your instructor's saying, "Give me five minute burst of fast pace, and then slow down I, and speed up, and you're going uphill." That kind I of thing. think this is a sort of game. I, this if when I go to the gym and I'm sitting on a bike, I do not use any interactive features at all. I find. I find things like the classes just cringeworthy, to be honest. It's like I just want to drift off and do it with my own thing. Something like this, I could, I could, I could fuck with. To be honest, like this, I think would be fun for me. Yeah, I mean, it's gamified, right? And it's gamified. It's challenging. It's like it would suit me well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in, yeah, yeah, in the, I, in the blink of an eye, really you, much you've, you've done it. an hour of exercise, and that, that's always my problem. Like, I love playing football yeah. because it's it's. 90 minutes of total you can't switch off you're interacting you're always thinking you're always moving yeah whereas if i go to the gym i'm in a static place lifting or running on the spot and even with music and stuff or a podcast it's just not the same it just doesn't engage my brain as much as i want it to do and that's why i love absolutely love playing playing football yeah that that's the thing you've hit on there one of the hardest things about um exercising if you're not into Hmm. the gym if it's not the hobby is you're not engaging your brain. You're switching off rather than switching on. Yeah. Where we, when we play footy, you're switched on for an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, you have, so to, have to be. The exercise. <laughs> Occasionally, you get these points. Go, oh God, I'm feeling yeah. a bit out of breath here. <laughs> I should take it. I should drop the intensity a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Catch my breath before I go, before I go again. Mm-hmm. But it catches you out rather than oh, rather than constantly being aware of yeah, it. Yeah, you, you're literally watching a timer going. Oh well, I've done three k yeah. now. Is do I keep going to four k or what? Yeah, so it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, we should caveat this all, this all though with the the articles don't mention Stadia anywhere in them, and there's no surprise to that because uh, our it's go- Google. Our, <laughs> well, that that one thing. Uh, our good friend Lee Lee Reed over at Stadia Source has actually reached out to. Uh, the Peloton team and they've got back saying that all of the games currently out there in the wild are running locally uh, which means they are on the actual hardware the, the bikes that the kind of tablet interfaces they have on them uh, the screens as such um, already which actually goes back 
that this isn't running on Stadia then, because Stadia, as we know, isn't local tech. So going back to the Business Insider article then, Richie, now we know it's local. Did this deal just fall through as well? Is, is Stadia not coming or not powering this game? Or was it just, just a beta that they went with a different I mean, we know they were in talks, but being in talks doesn't mean anything was signed or agreed or it doesn't mean... you don't have, it doesn't really suggest anything other than other. Someone at Google at one point sat down with someone at um, Peloton. Yeah. It could be, yeah, we've had one or two conversations that didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Now, the thing I mentioned to you before we actually started recording was, if this game runs perfectly fine on the local hardware that comes with your Peloton, where does Google um, Stream come into play? What's, what's the purpose there? Yeah. Uh, without knowing too much about the tech, I'm guessing they might have cheaper versions that don't come with memory or like hardware I don't inside. Know. So I, they... I haven't, I haven't looked into Peloton's tech or their offerings or anything like that. So let us know in the comments if there's like maybe lower tier Pelotons that don't have like where the the pa- like the tablet doesn't have the processing power to run yeah. some a game like this. But yeah, but they they did say. Um... In, in response as well like they're always looking at expanding the tech and the, the relationships but again yeah. I think it's probably safe to say at this point we can um, we can put this one behind us and that clearly the yeah. relationship hasn't evolved not that it's that big quite frankly like if, if someone who's a gamer like it's it's great like I'd definitely give it a go but I'm, this isn't why I'm invested I, in Stadia I want them to I mean I don't think I'd buy a Peloton because I think they're overpriced. I mean, yeah, I have a, ta- I think, I have a Samsung tablet. I could just stick it, it, that. Yeah, I would. If I bought like a bike or a treadmill or something to put in my house, I could just do it in front of the TV or something. Yeah. I I don't need inbuilt smart features in this. I just I'd I'd personally want something basic. Yeah. Um, the only way I could see this kind of like pivoting towards using Stadia's tech is if they, if you if you have a cheaper version. Or you're maybe out in the wild, they could like use Stadia's tech to maybe have Lane Break running in the cloud on a different device. So if you go out for a real run or you go to the gym, you could use your phone as a like a middleman between Stadia and your device at home to maybe keep the game running. Yeah, well, but you can't really play a game while you're out for a run on a real bike out in the wild. No, it can use like the gyroscope of the phone to relay the information onto Stadia's cloud version of the game and, yeah, and kind of keep I, the deals but I don't think it'd work for lane break but something else could work yeah it's uh, but I don't again know. it's it's not really why we're, we're vested in Stadia anyway it's just a, it's yeah. an interesting talking point off the back of the article and uh, evidently it doesn't look like it's powered by Stadia so let's put that one to bed ladies and gentlemen uh, but one that we're not going to put to bed because it's not even out yet uh, Jackbox 9 has been teased so over on social media Jackbox Games have tweeted out saying the Jackbox Party Pack 9 is coming this Autumn, slash fall. Uh, we're announcing the first game next week and giving a sneak peek during a stream called Inside the Box on the 24th of February. Keep it locked on Twitch or the blog over at Jackbox Games on Twitter. Uh, and stay tuned for Party Pack number nine. Uh, Richie, yeah. I'm actually quite confident this will probably come to Stadia day and day. We've seen a massive surge in three Jackbox games come to the platform. We've got six, seven, and eight, if memory serves me right now. Uh, so I think it's a safe bet that nine will probably be coming this this autumn. Yeah, I think I think it's safe. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. It's not like we got six, seven. What was it? Seven, eight, six, seven, and eight. Like <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like we got them like two years ago. Yeah. And there's been gap. No, we got them a couple of months back. Yeah. So I've, 
Yeah, I think I I would put this in the it's coming to stadia yeah. category. The, the way development cycles work, again, I can imagine they maybe looked at the older ones to port them, maybe did one of them and thought, you know what, th- this is quite easy. So then they follow that up with doing another two. And then I can't imagine with nine being announced and coming yeah. potentially this fall, I can't imagine they just totally ignore their newest entry in the franchise. Yeah. It just I mean, that's it not how Google. it works. I mean I mean there is I, always I, the chance that it could be what <laughs> they've done and out, deals over. Yeah. But hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll take um, six, seven, and eight. Well, we've got nine coming. That nah, not interested in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, any particular titles yeah. or mini games within Jackbox that you'd like to see to come to version number nine? Entirely new stuff. Yeah, I just give me entirely straight. I think that's what they should be aiming for. For every Jackbox, don't bring out a new version of Quibbage or something. Just <laughs> give me a brand new, all brand new stuff. Yeah. Every single pop. Yeah, same. A pack. Yeah, because if you've got favourites, just go back and play your favourites if, yeah. if you have them. Oh, you know what they should do with Jackbox? I mean, this, we suggested this for other other stuff. Get rid of Jack... Instead of Jackbox 9, just bring out the Jack Jackbox. Season. And then when you come up with a new game, just I've added to it or make a DLC or something so it's a one single ecosystem Yeah, just see. that has all of them yeah season packs um, and you can just add what you want onto it yeah season packs and for me the big one is regional packs because I think some of the earlier games had questions that were like very much focused towards like an American audience or maybe an age demographic that just wasn't me and you'd get a question where absolutely nobody would have any clue but I mean that's I guess that's trivia in general but uh, either way Jackbox 9 coming this fall Keep your eyes peeled and look out for it. Uh, another thing that's coming later on this year will be an update to Marvel's Avengers. That's right, folks. They have not, and they will not let this one die. Uh, it's still going. Uh, after the Spider-Man DLC, further changes are coming to Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Square Enix isn't, though, however, ready to reveal a full roadmap just yet. Uh, in a new development update, the team has listed some new features heading to the game and admits that systems were built at launch haven't grown and aren't sufficiently delivering the most fun superhero team experience you'd expect. They they finally um, addressed (laughs) the major problem of the game. Maybe. Uh, Might not have addressed it just yet. Uh, Patch 2.3 is set for release in March and is going to bring a number of changes in advance of a full roadmap of content. Uh, Firstly, there's a rework to the war table and the mission select system because, Richie, Nick Fury is returning to take over and lead S.H.I.E.L.D. alongside Maria Hill. Uh, The change will also create larger and more concentrated matchmaking pools for higher level players and will further balance gear perks, uh, earnable and a bunch of new activities. Um, So, again, new characters coming back. Interesting that that they seem to be committing to the year ahead. And yeah. I don't know whether this is Square Enix's choice or it's their deal with Marvel that is pretty much, if you want to keep making our games and content, you need to support this for the foreseeable. And I have a feeling it might be, there's obviously the long-rumoured She-Hulk is coming, yeah. and there's Disney Plus shows, so again, we've got Moon Knight coming, we don't know what's in the bank for later this year, there's so many cogs in the works over at Disney. I wouldn't be surprised if their contract with Square Enix says you need to hit these content markers for the shows to tie in with, which in turn means Square Enix cannot just rest on the laurels with this game. They need to keep chipping away. And I think they want it to succeed, but you've got to imagine they've had discussions of like, can we just put this in the bin and be done with it and move on to and and just live off the guidance of the Galaxy's success? Well, for me critical line in this entire article is the team lists some new features heading to, to the game and admits that the system built at launch 
haven't grown and aren't sufficiently delivering the most fun for superhero t- team experience. That, alongside the fact that they're not ready to announce a roadmap, I think, I'm hoping, because mm-hmm. I think there's a potentially good game in there that they do address the fact that the game goes fa- fairly bland outside of once you play the new start the main campaign and the individual mm. character story content, the game goes drops downhill very quickly and then it's just a case of a grind for the sake of a grind. Yeah. Um, if they addressed that, then this game might actually be resurrected. But I do think this is probably last chance. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I could see it going free to play. But yeah. again, it's a weird one with Marvel because it's such huge IP. They've got the Multiverse of Madness coming out this year. They've got another Thor, I think, is at the end of this year. So they've got... the Now, now they're bringing the, 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 I, the movie MCU... Uh, skins and cosmetics into it and we yeah. know they've made money off the cosmetics and in the article they actually say like we love our adventures together we're excited to share new adventures new planned ways to fight new heroes new challenges as we continue to expand Marvel's Avengers so it seems like yeah. they're very much committed but again proofs in the pudding again the, the, the problem with this game has never been the IP because the story content has always been good mm-hmm. but my issue with this game is if you strip away the IP You've got a pretty mediocre at best game. That's the problem. They need to address the underlying game mechanics in order to the, the IP is something that should elevate should elevate it, but not be the game shouldn't be so reliant on the IP. This yeah. game would have fl- absolutely flopped even harder if it wasn't for the Marvel tag. So yeah, if it was just like generic heroes, yeah, <laughs> collect- collective. Yeah, uh, I'm and really interested yeah. to see if Suicide Squad makes it out this year. If that, ha- or maybe even Gotham Knights to a degree, yeah. if that has a bearing on how Avengers is, like, do they want to see this out because they could either learn from each other, or is they going to see something, see how that lands? And maybe take some ideas from it because from what I've seen, like Suicide Squad looks like it's pretty much the same game. Hero yeah. team fighting random enemies across multiple areas of a map. Do they do it any better? Do Rocksteady know any better? And yeah, it's a little bit of a, a, a superhero DC Marvel fight off potentially on our cards for 2022. And, and uh, Square Enix have had the head start with Avengers, but see where this plays out long term. Yeah. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that one for certain uh, final few stories for the week ladies and gentlemen uh, Netflix have announced they are going to turn Bioshock into a live action movie of course no Bioshock on the Stadia platform as much as I've been wishing for it since day one however Take 2 do have titles on Google Stadia so a little, little tidbit to throw in for the week uh, I'm a massive fan of the Bioshock series so seeing it turn into a live action film uh, I totally watch I went and saw the Uncharted I, movie I watch it. last week and uh, it's not as bad as everyone thought it was going to be if you're able as an adult to separate a video game from a movie you should probably enjoy it it's a good action movie it's got some fun you set you can't pieces. ask people to I do know, that I know I know how dare I how dare I uh, but yeah you know what it's getting a surprising amount of okay reviews like people coming out from the games industry saying you know what better than I thought it was going to be not like it's not I, there's nothing in the movie that is bad at all yeah I mean I'm expecting. I haven't seen it yet. I'm expecting um, Uncharted to be fine. Yeah, a, de- a decent, entertaining action flick. That yeah, I'll I'll probably get more out of because I'm an Uncharted fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I'm never expecting this to be. Oh my god, this is like top tier, like 
entertainment mm-hmm. because I just don't I don't think the IP as much as I love the IP I don't think it is solid enough in that way for a great movie the Uncharted for me Uncharted the strength of it is in the kind of the gameplay loop mm-hmm. and the story together so you take away half of what makes Uncharted so good and you're left with a solid action flick so that's that's it. Like, why would you expect yeah. any more? As I said, the set pieces were fun, enjoyable, great. The ones they took from the games were interesting to see, kind of made into live action. And and the, the set pieces designed purely for the movie, they work as far as an action adventure movie went. Yes, it was a yeah. bit crazy and it defied physics a lot, but it, it works. And yeah, if you go in thinking, oh, Mark Wahlberg doesn't look like Sully and Tom Holland, it's not Nolan North and he's not Nathan Fillion. I was like, yeah, you're going to be disappointed, but you know what? as an adult separate the two worlds and just go and have fun like it, you don't have to take it serious they're not ruining characters if you're that dead certain on the games go play the games nothing no one's stopping you from going and enjoying the games um, it's a funny sorry. world we live in it's a funny world but sorry I, I was checking my phone because I had my letterbox and my oh, horizons here oh, forget <laughs> movies Richie's playing horizon um, but yeah back back to Bioshock I think it could create a very interesting dark broody kind of sci-fi this, world the setting is so mm. good it's totally honestly it, I, actually I was about to say this could work really well as a show rather mm. than a movie yeah I did think that as well but is there enough characters <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. That's another thing. And I definitely think the big daddy characters could create a really eerie element of horror. So depending on how they approach this, I'm really interested. Uh, Netflix, don't know what the budget's going to be like. Are they going to fully commit to this or is it going to be like a subpar Netflix commitment? Are we going to get Stranger Things, Lord of the Rings levels of budget? or Just absolutely lean into the the creepy, like survivalist sort of vibe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're isolated and these weird things going on around you. You want this film to feel like empty. Don't don't go too heavy on the action for me on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, action scenes, yes, but but don't make it about the action scenes. Yeah. Keep like, keep me scared. Keep me on the edge of my seat. And more importantly, yeah. like you've got the world of Rapture to make, which I think is such a dystopian amazing setting to have any story told in yeah uh, you can bring in new characters and stuff but just the world of rapture alone should create an amazing setting i for want a movie i want this to be very cerebral mm. like i want like what's oh what's the name of the of the guy um thank you kind would you kind andrew ryan yeah, yeah yeah would you would you kindly i want that yeah like would you kind would you kindly go to this place yeah. could you imagine <laughs> someone who doesn't know what bioshock is as well it's sprinkled throughout the movie and it's like only at the like, end well, when you get the reveal it's like oh shit and you, you kind of watch it back and go this is why I think it was a TV yeah. series that would have worked because like every episode could have had a would you kindly moment one yeah and that one, a one drop yeah, and only at drop. the end you go ten episodes in you're like they've done the said is, that so many times people who've played by gamers um, who are aware of the, the whole meme and the whole thing with Bioshock would be sat there with a big smile oh my god he said the line he said the line yeah, exactly. it's happening it's happening um, and non-gamers are like What's going on here? Yeah. Like, like in the whole like manipulation thing. Oh God, yeah. Indeed, indeed. So uh, we'll keep our eyes out for that on Netflix. I'm sure, but uh, still a long, long way off. But you know what? Video game movies. I know they say they're bad, but I, like I said I enjoyed Uncharted. I enjoyed the Sonic they movie. Just, I enjoyed need, the Tomb Raider movie. They need the right love. There, it needs to be the right IP with the right people behind it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that, and it needs the the budget. Often they've just been cheap cash-ins, and that's been the problem. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's the same. It's the same when this went the other way. When like you made movie tie-in games, they can't be very good. But if it's just a cheap cash-in, you just that's what it is. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna suffer a little bit for that. So, all that aside, then final stories of the week. Uh, Stadia did put out a dev blog post this week. Uh, at the time of writing, it came out on February the 9th and it focuses on Stadia experiments and why they are useful. Uh, of course, anyone who's used Stadia for the last two years will know experiments tab within your phone. You had to turn on to use mobile data originally. You had to turn it on if you didn't have a Google Pixel phone. Uh, they essentially just solidified what we already knew, which is they talk yeah. about uh, scaling to different Android devices and different phone supports to for various screen sizes and such. They spoke about using mobile data with confidence. I've said time and time again that the way the 5G expansion is rolling out over the last two plus years and it's all internet infrastructure and Wi-Fi public access is only going to get bigger and better over time as technology evolves and it expands. They covered that again. In conclusion, saying that it's a great opportunity to delight super fans. I don't know if we class as super fans, Richie, um, but they are setting yeah, expectations it. appropriately for future features in the, in, in the kind of year ahead. You and me read this article after we did our Thursday night live stream. Yeah. Uh, I think we're both under the consensus of it's it's like a year and a half too late for a dev blog post. It's you're telling us stuff that we've had and knew about for nearly two years yeah. now. Doesn't really mean any difference. However, and yeah, I'd imagine de- developers and Stadia are aware of it as well. Yeah, I, it's a I, it seems odd that I'm you would tout these points so far detached yeah, from when they went live. That's my kind of takeaway. Is like, who's this blog for? Well, yeah, exactly. Like we, like I said, <laughs> like, we read it, and I saw it was after we did our live stream. They tweeted out about it, and I thought, "Oh, we've got a Stadia tweet about early access. What does this mean?" And I looked into it, and it was basically telling me, "You know that you know a year and a half ago when you turned on five G data, or you know two years ago when you turned on experiments, so your Samsung phone would run it instead of a Pixel." That's it. I was like, yeah. "Okay, g- great. I've knew that for so long now. I'd actually forgot it was even a." experimental feature however here we are talking about it february 2022 so my biggest takeaway from this is this comes in line with the other blog posts i hope and i think stadia might be gearing up for a big presence at gdc i'm i'm cautiously optimistic it feels like they are we've had a few drip feed things recently that feels like developer stuff aimed at developers rather than consumers we've, this well, being yeah, one we've I mean, literally more... a develop, it's a development blog post so yeah. it feels like we've had more dev blog posts than we have this but, week on Stadia posts but we've been burnt by Stadia doing stuff like this in the past it's just be, could be us seeing a pattern where it's just coincidence yeah true but We'll so, cautiously optimistic yeah GDC isn't too far away either we're in end of February now and it, it takes place a month from today so time will tell I feel like I say time will tell a lot on this uh, on this platform but I digress uh, yeah yeah definitely definitely uh, final story of the week uh, Dead by Daylight uh, teased this week a, a new character come we've knew about it for a little bit of time uh, the killer from Ringu will block up your wells and creep out with a creepy scary hair of course from the I believe it's the Ring movie right that it was translated uh, yes. Japanese horror uh, cult Japanese horror moved over. Uh, Sadako is the new killer, known in-game as the uh, Onryo, uh, who horror fans will recognise crawling out of wells and TVs. Uh, she'll be joined by a new survivor as well. Uh, Joichi Asakawa, the only protagonist in the Ringu franchise to ever survive 
the vengeful ordeal, uh, is now showing up. Uh, Ringo introduces a psychological uh, horror element to our game, which is very different from the slasher style our fans are used to. They can expect Sadako to come with creepy and surprising gameplay mechanics that are not found in any other killers, uh, said the creative director Dave Richard. Survivors beware, she will freak you out. And uh, I wanted to end the show on this particular article purely because some um, some streamers out there have uh, received early access to the game, Richie, so they've been able to actually yeah. go live and broadcast it. And in the main menu, um, she actually yeah. jumps out at the camera. So if you're, you know, when you sat in the load screen, you've got character select, and they kind of stand there waiting to, almost like in a lobby to go yeah. in. Um, she actually does that thing where she flashes right up against the screen, and I've seen a few clips of, of influencers middle of like menu settings and talking to the chat all of a sudden bang she's scaring the shit out of people with headphones I, on <laughs> so some of the some of the reactions i've seen uh fine you see something bloody hell what the yeah wasn't expecting that some people just need to calm the hell down because there's people <laughs> taking headphones and running out the room it's like you come on you are that's aware. not a that's not a genuine reaction like you're not you're not running out of the room for that like, yeah, yeah, I go bloody hell! It's a jump scare. You, you, bloody hell! Is that not? It, it would get me, but I'm not. You know, I'm not going to be sprinting down the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, you go. Oh <laughs> shit! But you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't. Again, this is this just because we're we're so British and we keep our emotions deeply bottled inside. Uh, I've seen people flip out at the Nintendo press conference last week about like the Mario Kart tracks. Holy fucking shit! Holy fucking shit! It's like it, it's DLC for an eight-year-old game. Like, come on, come on, come on! I'm passionate about games, but it's like. Oh my, yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Bring more, more, more um, tracks and pretty much giving uh, Mario Kart the um, Smash treat, Smash Ultimate treat. was like, yeah, go bring yeah. more stuff. That's good. It, 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 you, oh, yeah, that, you, that. you do have to laugh sometimes. Like you said, yeah, you can be passionate about something and, and I love it, but there is a case of like, what, what point do you see something and it makes you stand up and take headphones off and go, oh my God, they did it. They did it. It's like, what? A developer who makes games developed something for their game. Yeah. Go figure. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we round up. Holy fucking shit! For episode 100. This is why we're not reaction streamers. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah, if you come here for crazy off the cuff uh, emotions on the edge of our sleeves, that's not what you get because we're both British, we'll both keep our emotions bottled up, and we'll talk very sarcastically with a dry sense of humour about all that goes on. <laughs> but. Will we now? Will we now? Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for tuning in for episode 126 of the sounds of stadia podcast brought to you by myself richie and tom for helix cloud games that's been another great show thank you to everyone who's watched in tuned in don't forget if you haven't done so already click like give us a subscribe and click that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the content we bring you here at helix cloud games like our live streams like our let's plays like our first looks of submerged hidden depths go check it out available now and our members of course special shout out to you if you want to be a member if you want to support us the content and our non-reaction streams <laughs> do click join below on the youtube video from as little as 99p you get access to side quests stickers badges up to six days early richie Remind the people yeah. just before we go what we will be discussing in this week's episode of SideQuest. We will be discussing Ubisoft's ga game library um, for 2022. Yes, we will. It's going to be a good one. We're going to go record it now. Possibly going to go stick Horizon in to install it because that's what I've got to do with the PS5. I've got to actually wait for it to download and install and that's update. That's a good idea, actually. We can do that between yeah, shows. Yeah, see? <laughs> always thinking, always thinking. Um, thank you once again, folks. My name's been Chris. And I've been Richie. And remember, everyone, 
play whatever makes you the happiest. We'll see you on the next one. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.